0: Welcome to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast, a deep dive into biblical leadership with pastor and author, Dr. Gerald Brooks. Hi, this is Gerald Brooks. Thank you so much for joining me for another podcast. I want to thank you for getting word out about the podcast. It just amazes me how every podcast we are growing in reach and impact the nations we are now being heard in, and the number of people that are now listening to each podcast. I know that happens because you put out word. Thank you for going out of your way to let your friends know about the podcast and increasing their leadership journey by allowing them to learn and to grow. Hey, today I want to talk to you about making the list. Making the list. Life is full of lists. When you're growing up, there's the list that gives you class rankings. Where do you rank in your class? Are you high on the list? Are you low on the list? Are you the top of the list? Are you the bottom? Making the team. You know how it is. You go out and you try out for the basketball team, football team, baseball team. The tryouts are intense. But what does the coach do? He doesn't want to tell everyone they didn't make the team. So he announces that at a certain time, a certain place, the list will be posted. Did you make the list? A few of you, you've got that brilliant mindset and you are able to be the individuals that are on the honor roll list. In your academic studies, you were always the top of the top, the best of the best, and you made that list. Some of you, you tend to be gamers, and as gamers, you're always competing, and there's the highest score list. Who has their initials up there? Who is the individual who has made the top of the list? Well, what's interesting is, is the Bible has a lot of lists in it. In fact, the number of lists that are in the Bible consume about 20% of the total territory. Now, if you've ever tried reading through the Bible, you've discovered this because eventually you're going to run into first Chronicles and second Chronicles. Can we just be honest? It's not exhilarating reading. Honestly, it's the reason that a lot of people give up on reading through the Bible. Why in the world do I have to read these lists? It's list after list of people's names. Just one name after another name after another name. It's a list. So why is it that the Bible has lists in it? Why is it that God gives us the names of people that honestly most of us cannot pronounce? Most of us wouldn't be sure how to pronounce them. Why does the Bible give us such an extensive display of list. Well, one of the things is very basic. Whenever God gives a list of names, he's saying this, I know them. I know them. And that's important because everyone in life wants to be known. And every time you run into a list in the Bible, it's God saying, I know them. And it's God saying, because I know them, I know you also. Everyone wants to be known. Everyone wants to be known by their name. Well, the first thing lists tell us is that God knows them. The second thing is, is that God knows them personally. It's not just, hey, do you know that guy over there or that girl over there? God knows them personally by name. So whenever you run into a list, it's saying God knows them. God knows them personally personally. But it's also saying this, God never forgets them. See, we live with this need to be known. We live in this need to be known personally, and we live with a need to know that we're never going to be forgotten. So every time you run into a Bible list, what you're seeing is the heart of God. God knows them. God knows them personally, and God does not forget them. And it's God saying to you, God knows you, God knows you personally, and God will not forget you." Now that's just the basic sort of biblical bandwidth of what a list does. but let me take you through some lessons from the list. In First Chronicles chapter four and verses nine and 10, we're given this familiar name. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. His mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bear him with sorrow. And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that thou wouldest bless me indeed, Enlarge my coast, that thine hand might be with me, and that thou wouldest keep me from evil, that it may not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. Now, that particular thought about Jabez is something that has been taught repeatedly. But I want you to see the context of what is going on. First of all, making a list is not the same thing as making an impact. We know that from our previous illustration. Everyone who made the list to be on the basketball team, the baseball team, the football team, the cheerleading team, the band team, the music team, everyone who makes the list doesn't always make an impact. In fact, there's people like me, you may have made the list, but you rode the bench you didn't make a whole lot of impact. And so making a list is not the same thing as making an impact. And if we just look at the context of First Chronicles chapter 4, what we find is there are 120 names in that chapter. But only one name is known by us, and that is Jabez. If we were to quiz Everybody who listens to this podcast, I doubt that 1% of 1% could tell me another name in First Chronicles chapter 4 other than Jabez. And what's interesting is that there are 30 names before and there are 90 names after. So in the midst of this list, there's names before and there's names after. There's a lot of names before. There's a lot of names after. But he's the only one that God says something about. He's the only one. So what is it about him that he made the list, but he not only made the list, but he made an impact? What is it about him that stands out so profoundly that God says, in this list, this man made an impact? Because I don't know about you as a leader. I not only want to make a list for God, but I want to make an impact for God. I don't want to just be on the list. I want to make an impact. And so let's just begin to look at this. Now, the prayer of Jabez has been taught literally all over the world. Books have been written about the prayer of Jabez. But let's not overlook the obvious. And the obvious is this. If you're a leader, God notices your leadership when you lead in prayer. So if you're a leader, what God notices is people who lead in prayer. So let me just sort of dig down on this. A leader's top skill must be their prayer life. See, a leader can be weak in a lot of areas and still be a profound leader. But you cannot be a Bible leader. You cannot be a Christian leader. You cannot be an upper echelon church leader without having prayer as one of your top skills. See, you can be weak in some areas of life, but as a leader biblically, you cannot be weak in your prayer life. So let me drill down a little bit further on that. Leaders have to be better at talking to God than talking to anyone else. Have you ever run into somebody who could talk to everybody else and they could be friendly, they could create connection, but when they went home, they couldn't talk to their husband or wife. They couldn't talk to their kids. They were this flamboyant communicator who had the ability to openly grab the attention of people time and time again. But when they went home, the people that were most important were the people that they were least likely to communicate with. Well, let's take that over into the spirit realm. A leader's top skill must be their prayer life. And if you're going to be good at talking to someone – then you must be good at talking to God. That's who you were. Remember Moses, we've talked about him recently in another podcast, but Moses was an individual who said, I can't talk. I don't have the ability to talk. So what did God do? He took his brother Aaron and said, Aaron's gonna talk for you. But do you know what Moses was good at doing? He was good at talking to God. In fact, he was better at talking to God than he was to people. That's why he was a profound leader. In fact, this lesson bears out when Joshua has to lead the armies of Israel into a battle against the Amalekites. And during that period of time, Moses is up on a mountain. And as he's up on this mountain, he is praying. Joshua's in the battle and Moses is in prayer. But something begins to happen. Every time Moses is excelling in prayer, Israel excels in battle. But when Moses gets tired in prayer, Israel begins to wane in battle. Do you know what? There's two lessons there. The most profound way that any leader will lead is they must lead in prayer. But it's not only that. But young leaders need to know that no matter how enhanced your skills are, no matter how gifted you are, you may be Joshua. But the battles you get in the valleys are because someone else has spent time in prayer on a mountain. And so on either end of the communication and leadership spectrum, leaders are known for being people who can pray. Now, that's the given of this. But here, let's take another thought. Leaders stand out in the crowd. Out of all of these names before, out of all of these names after, Jabez stands out. And see, throughout the Bible, you see leaders who stand out. Of the 12 spies that came back from viewing the promised land, what do we find out? Nobody remembers the names of the 10, but everyone remembers the name of Caleb and Joshua. Why? Because they stood out in the crowd. They stood out in the midst of the crowd. That's what Jabis teaches us. He teaches us how to stand out in the crowd. And if you've got the prayer life down, then there's some other things that will help you stand out. When we read the verses of First Chronicles chapter four, verses nine and 10, there's a series of little uh, bullet points that were given about Jabez. And these points about Jabez help us understand the nature of who we are to be. The first thing is, is that leaders live differently. See, if you're going to be a leader, you're going to live differently than other people. It's not that you're better than other people. It's not that you're more important than other people. It's just you live your life differently. There are things others do that you don't do. There are things others get to do that you will never get to do. There are time schedules others can keep that you as a leader will not be able to keep. And in the midst of that, what we find is this. It says that he lived honorably. He was honorable. He was a man who lived in such a way that people respected him. Now, if you're going to stand out in the crowd, it's not because you're the most charismatic individual. It's because you've learned to be respected by individuals. You do those things that others don't that create that respect level. It's not only that leaders live differently and that they're honorable, but leaders respond differently when it comes to sorrow. Now, that word sorrow is basically a reference to how Jabez's mom named him Jabez, that he was born with sorrows. What that tells us is that he was born during hard times. He was born during difficult times. But here's what you find about leaders. Leaders don't let difficulties and disappointments define them. See, even though he was born in a tough time, he rose to the top in his life. He stood out in the crowd. Why? Leaders don't let the difficulties in life become the boundaries of their life. Leaders don't let the disappointments in life become the boundaries in life. And as we've talked about before, leaders know how to metabolize pain. Those of you that are baseball fans, you'll recognize the name Cal Ripken. Cal Ripken played the most consecutive baseball games of anyone in the history of baseball. He showed up day after day, week after week, season after season, and he literally played consecutive games time and time and time again. He was asked one day, how is it that you're able to play day after day? And he says, you can only play day after day if you've learned how to play hurt now the truth of the matter is is that leaders experience pain pain in their life pain in other people's lives they experience pain but what leaders do is they metabolize it differently they're able to take pain and not let it become the defining issue in their life and i've written a whole book on this understanding your pain threshold Understanding what it means when your pain threshold is different than your wife's or your husband's pain threshold. How is it that you grow your pain threshold? All of those things are in that book. But leaders don't let difficulties or disappointments define them. It's not only that leaders live differently, they're honorable. Leaders respond differently in the midst of sorrow and difficulty, but leaders pray differently. See, one of the things that you see is that most people who pray are praying about a problem. They're not praying about potential. They're praying about the past. They're not praying about tomorrow. They're praying about outward. They're not praying about inward. And see, leaders pray differently. And Jabez's prayer was not about pain, difficulty, or disappointment. It was about growth. Enlarge our borders. It's interesting in the Old Testament, we have three primary examples of growth. Abraham, when God took him out and said, look at the stars above, look at the sand below, look at them, and I'm going to do something bigger than this. The first thing that people who grow have in common is they're like Abraham. They see bigger. The second thing is like Jabez, they pray bigger. The third thing is like Isaiah when he said, "O Baron, lengthen the cord of your tents. They plan bigger. See, people who are leaders see bigger, pray bigger, and plan bigger. So in here, leaders live differently, they're honorable, leaders respond differently to difficulty, leaders pray differently, they pray prayers of growth and expansion, and leaders walk differently. Keep me from evil. See, as a leader, there are things we've got to avoid. We don't play around with them. We don't get close to them. We're not in the midst of them. We're sitting there and we're saying, hey, we're going to be people who are going to walk a distance from evil. So keep me from evil. Don't let me fall into traps that are easy to fall into. Don't let me succumb to things that maybe I'm prone to succumb to. Leaders live differently, leaders respond differently, leaders pray differently, leaders walk differently, and leaders process differently. He says, keep me from evil that I might not grieve. Now that word grieve is basically that I don't get into problems. And what he's saying is, is that I want to process problems differently. I want to be an individual that looks at life differently differently. So what we find out about making the list is making the list doesn't mean that you've made an impact. But if you make the list, you can make an impact. But making an impact means if you're a leader, you're going to lead in prayer. And if you're a leader, you're going to stand out in the crowd. And you're going to stand out because you'll live differently, respond differently, pray differently, walk differently, and process differently. That's how you not only make the list, but you make an impact. Thank you so much for joining me for this podcast. I do want to mention a book, Snapshots of Faith. It is a book literally taken from Hebrews chapter 11. It deals with the three dimensions of faith. It deals with triumphant faith. It deals with uh, transcending faith, and it deals with transforming faith. And all three of those types of faith are highlighted in Hebrews chapter 11. It deals with the sequencing of faith, the very first example, by faith, able, offered. It deals with faith as first and foremost— an act of worship. And then it says, by faith, Enoch walked. See, if you're worshiping, it'll show up in how you walk. And then by faith, Noah, he was a witness. Do you get the sequence? It's talking about when you're walking by faith, it affects how you worship. If you're worshiping, it affects how you walk. And if you're walking, you become a witness. If you've never read that book, I want to encourage you. It's a great teaching book for all of you that are pastors. In fact, if you don't know the three gifts that Noah gave mankind, you need to get this book. It's called Snapshots of Faith. You can go to com and you can uh, begin to list it. Hey, let me tell you something. In about a few days, I will be in uh, the Roanoke, Virginia area. If you're a pastor in that area, I am going to uh, be doing a Saturday morning where I will teach two lessons, the four reasons people go to church and the seven things that happen when there's leaders in the church. If you want to know more about that, you can go to my webpage and it'll give you the exact information, but it's going to be one of those weekends uh, that will be very, very helpful to you. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for listening to the Gerald Brooks Leadership Podcast. If you'd like more information on Dr. Brooks's books, audio, or speaking engagements, please go to GeraldBrooksMinistries.com.